Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody tell a story and when they were done, I looked at them and went, why did you tell me that? I mean, was there something in that story that was supposed to be engaging to me or entertaining to me? I mean, I don't even care. And I'm a guy who looks for stories. I listen for stories. I want stories. I love to hear stories. I have thousands of books because I love stories. And if the story you're telling can't engage my attention, can't keep my attention, then what good is it in business or relationship? Well, that's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And for the next 90 days, we're focusing on a series called Story Power. Story Power Masterclass is a class I've been teaching for a little over 10 years. And it really focuses on the concept of identifying the stories in your life that are worthwhile. And then telling them in a way that, well, it's worthwhile. And engaging with the audience in a way that, well, it's worthwhile. So that the people who sit there and listen find themselves enraptured with the who that you are. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple of things you need to know. The last couple of episodes, if you haven't watched them, you want to go back and check them out. The first one, we talk about being original, not being a fake, not making up a story, not using somebody else's story, but actually being original in your stories. Then second, we talked about authentic. Authenticity is huge because it's so akin to integrity. Authenticity is a character trait, not a story accoutrement that you add at the end to make it seem. It's not like ketchup on your stuffing. It's It actually has to be in the stuffing. It's part of who you are. That's why your story has to be authentic. And next, it has to be engaging or entertaining. Now, entertaining doesn't always mean a clown show. Entertaining doesn't mean you have to be able to, you know, stop traffic with it, like the guys that are doing backflips. And, you know, there's some great stuff. If you watch the videos on TikTok, most of them are 20 to 30 seconds long. So it's not like it takes you forever, which is why we all have ADD brain, right? Because everything moves so fast. But what do we consider entertaining? Those longer videos where they've actually found the, the most viewed cat videos, cats with cucumbers, cats with dogs, cats with jello on their face. And they chop up these longer videos into a series of tiny little short videos. So what you're watching in the first 12 seconds is not what you're watching in the next 12 seconds, which is not what you're watching in the next 12 seconds. But they also know that the algorithm of business is, I've got to, you ready for this? Take notes if you don't already know this. I don't care what kind of business you're in. I don't care what kind of business you're in. The most valuable commodity the most expensive, most elusive commodity in all of your business. It's just like these people who chop up all these other videos and they stick them all together and they get one long video because they're looking for one thing. But they know that they can't just, you know, get a 15 second scroll and they're on to the next thing because if you leave their video, they don't keep your commodity. Somebody said to Grant Cardone not too long ago, he said this on a call we were on, he said... 
Somebody said to me, you're so annoying. You're like everywhere. I don't know who this guy is, Grant Cardone, or what he does. But this Grant Cardone, this name is constantly in front of my face. And so I had to do the research and figure out who is he and why do I care? And he, see, he's, he's garnered that great commodity. He knows what that commodity is. He also knows, because he has billions of dollars, that he can invest dollars to acquire this commodity. And he goes after it with everything that he has, sometimes with his hair-on-fire-looking videos and sometimes with the big numbers and sometimes with the, the luxury cars and the jets, but he's always after one thing. A story told well, it goes after that one thing. Those videos all strung together, whether it's cars racing or cars crashing or people doing stupid tricks or the guy who does the backflip and he looks like he's walking on air. It's really kind of cool, but... It only gets that commodity for a certain period of time. And story power, deployed well, gets that commodity at a very low price. What is this commodity I'm talking about? If you've been in business or ministry or government, or it doesn't matter. If you want to continue to succeed, continue to grow, continue to develop what you have, whether it's the amount of cookies you sell in a week, or over the Christmas holidays, or it's the amount of cars that you fix in the next six months, or it's the amount of product that you move, whether it's books or crochet. None of that happens without this commodity. I know you figured it out by now, but if you haven't, just in case, I would put it in giant words across the screen, attention. Attention. Like the guys that would yell on the side of the road, Attention, 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 read all about it, today's news, right? Or the ones who stand in the football arena or the baseball arena and they yell, popcorn, get your popcorn. All they want is one thing, attention. Without attention, you can't sell beer or popcorn or peanuts. Without attention, you can't sell cookies or crochet. Without attention, you can't sell books or do any kind of business. You have to have Attention. Now, how do you go about getting attention? Now, that's a whole different thing because there are a lot of people out there who get attention, frankly, for the wrong reason. Or they get the kind of attention that nobody really wants. You know, the attention of those three-letter agencies. And people start peeking around the corner at you like, really? What have you been up to? Or what kind of things are you doing? That's not the kind of attention you want. You don't want the attention of that Law enforcement officer sitting over there hiding behind the billboard or the bushes or the building waiting for you to zoom by so they can give you a ticket because you weren't paying attention. But you got their attention now. I remember driving. I was in Lubbock, Texas, stationed at Reese Air Force Base. I got off work at 7 o'clock in the morning and I was racing to church. Literally racing to church. Uh, a friend of mine who lived in the same barracks was on his way to the same church and they had four or five people in the car and they left before me and I was determined to catch them and I caught them while I was doing about 92 miles an hour and as I caught them I honked at them and waved at them when the county sheriff pulled me over he said I don't know what you were thinking I was literally sound asleep you didn't even set off the alarm in my car because it was set for 95 for the next speeder to come by here. But you honked and you woke me up and I saw the radar and you're getting a ticket. 
Well, that wasn't good in any sense of the imagination. But I got his attention. That's not the kind of attention you want. You don't want to be going around getting attention from people that you don't need attention from. You want to get attention from people who want to do business with you. Later in this series, we'll talk about Bob Berg's idea that we tend to do business with people we know, like, and trust. And we'll talk about how story does a really good job of connecting you with people to know, like, and trust you better in a short period of time. But what I really want to talk about in this episode is how do you get attention? How do you how do you garner that attention? Well, there's two aspects to a story. There's a lot of aspects to a story, but two of them are focused on attention, and that's engaging and entertaining. And if you get just a little modicum of a funny bone in you, then when you create and craft your stories, then like Michael Jr., you're always looking for the funny. And if you haven't taken any classes on improvisation or comedy, do that now. And I don't care what kind of business you're in. If you have to engage the public in your business. Now, granted, if you're the kind of person who stands in the back of the shop with a welding machine and your helmet on and your mask down and nobody ever sees your face and nobody ever has a conversation with you and you don't have to go find new business and you don't have to keep the business going, you just show up, punch in, weld and punch out, this probably isn't for you. But if you're an entrepreneur who runs a welding business, and even though you might prefer to be in the back with the mask down and welding your little heart out, if you want your business to grow, you should learn to tell stories. And if you want your business to grow, those stories should be engaging. And if you want those business to, that business to grow, you want those stories to be entertaining. And for that reason, I don't care if you just take once a month and go to the comedy club and spend 20 bucks on a cocktail to, to watch a comedy club, buy Diet Coke, that's what I do. Learn to be observant enough to be funny. And remember, funny doesn't have to be crude. It doesn't have to be profanity. It doesn't have to be obnoxious. It, sometimes the funniest things in life are the true ones. I, I was listening to a story yesterday of a, a client who said, and they were telling the story about somebody who freaked out, an entire group of adults who freaked out because a baby got a bead stuck up their nose. And I thought to myself, I have that story. Grapevine Mills Mall. My son was about four. It was the Christmas after we lost him in the mall. Yeah, that's a whole nother story. He was about four years old and he came out of Bed Bath & Beyond and his brother was mad at him because he had taken his beads. And when I asked him, where are the beads? Give your brother his beads back. He looked at me and he said, they're in here. And I'm like, what? He said, I'm not giving them back. They're in my nose. And at first I thought he was joking. And then I could see the little bulges just on the edges of his nostrils. Yes, the four-year-old cleverly hid his brother's beads, intentionally not giving them back by putting them up his own nose. Okay, that's a whole different kind of psychology. I don't know what was going through his head. But here's what I do know. There were a lot of people who would panic right then and go, oh my gosh, we've got to rush to the HR. I tickled his face. I patted him on the back. I eventually got him to do snot rockets because little boys love to do snot rockets. And when he did snot rockets, both beads came flying out and bouncing across the floor. And I said to his brother, there's your beads, boy. You got them back. 
At which point he picked them up. Now, none of the girls were going to do that. But he picked them up and went to the fountain and rinsed them off. And now he has his beads back and he's happy. Now, that's not the same kind of story that the other lady was telling about beads up the nose. But see how just a little story like that, and if I'd taken longer to develop that for you today, which I normally would, if I really developed that story, if I rehearsed every element of it and, and put all of the pieces and parts in it that a good story needs, it still wouldn't take five minutes to tell it. I think that was, what, 30 seconds? You can tell a story like that in a minute or two and be entertaining and be engaging and be educational. And all of these things that wrap together that story, they, they get attention. And they cause people to remember you. And you can do all the marketing and branding in the world, and we'll talk about some of those things later on. By the way, in case you're curious, branding is like everybody in the world thinks it's the most important part. It is important in your marketing, but it's like part of your positioning. It's one sub-element of the four keys of product, pricing, placement, and positioning. And how you position yourself in the market, who you are compared to everybody else around you. Well, branding kind of falls in that category. A lot of people will say branding is superior to everything. No, attention is superior to everything. Attention is superior to everything. If you're not buying ads and you're not building relationships and you're not out there at the network meetings and you're not doing things to build notoriety, attention around your business, nobody cares what your brand is. The most clever brands in the world that stay in the closet are, well, frankly, they're irrelevant. And some of the most expensive brands in the world that have gone to great trouble to get the attention of people that they feel like are important in the, in the moment, Bud Light, you can get a lot of attention and it's not always good attention. You can spend a lot of money to get attention and it's not good money spent. What you want to do using stories is to develop the kind of story that gets attention. I, I remember back in the day, three years ago, five years ago, when everybody waited for either the Super Bowl commercials or the Christmas commercials, and Anheuser-Busch was notorious uh, for the Clydesdale stories. And I remember the story when the little yellow lab got lost and the Clydesdale brought him home. And it makes you want to cry because it's such a beautiful and endearing story. And it, it feels like home and it feels like comfort. And it feels... And that horse with no words at all. And the puppy with no words at all. They got your attention because the video in a one-minute commercial told a story that touched your heart. It was engaging. It was entertaining. It got your attention. There's a lot of value in that. And yeah, they spent tens of millions of dollars on the ad space and they spent probably half a million dollars on creating the ad and they're renting the horses and buying the ranch and the whole nine yards. It's not necessary that it go that far every time. And if you're a good storyteller and you can identify good stories in your life, then you can tell stories that are engaging and entertaining and get people's attention and make them pay attention to who you are and what you do. Now, here's probably the most challenging aspect of this. Telling a great story, telling a funny story, telling a, an emotional story, telling an endearing story, that's like half the formula. Because what everybody is asking is still the same. 
Why do I care? What does it matter to me? And I'll go back to what I've said over and over again. You will hear me say this a thousand times in this 90-day series. Nobody cares about your story. Sorry, they don't. I know people say your story sells. Your story will make you a millionaire. Your story is going to become a book. Your story is going to become a movie. And for some people that's true. And the odds are about the equivalence of, I don't know, middle school kids who go on to the NBA. There are a whole lot more middle school kids than there are NBA players. There are a whole lot more people who have a traumatic or dramatic story in their life who will never be a movie. Not a Lifetime movie, not an Oxygen movie, not an After School movie, not a Christian film. Their life just isn't going to make that cut. It's not going to become a book. And if it does, maybe it'll sell a thousand copies if it's really, really lucky. Very few people make it to that best-selling author, best-selling novel, movie script kind of a life. And the ones that are, most of those are very, very dramatic and traumatic, like the young lady who's half eaten by a shark. Uh, if you're up for going through something like that just to be in movies, get help. If you've been through something like that, I'm sure somebody wants to make a movie about it. But in any case, you're going to have to tell the story. And that story is going to have to be entertaining and engaging. And people are going to want to have to stick around. You ever walked out of a movie theater halfway through? Most of the ones that make it to the screen are not that boring. Some are. Some are. Most of them are not. By the time they've been through everything it takes to get them on the big screen, somebody has vetted the stupidity out of the movie. Not always the case. Now, what does it take to get on some of the uh, channels that are producing their own stuff? Well, that barrier to entry is a whole lot lower. Kind of like publishing a book these days. Anybody can do it. And everybody has tried. But if you want a story that's going to win the day for your business, it needs to be entertaining. It needs to be engaging. It needs to be answering the question, what's in it for me? Because that's what the audience really wants. They want to know that your story offers them a solution. And that's another major part. Yeah, you got to get attention. And through the course of the story, you've got to keep attention. And you've got to be able to generate enough attention for them to respond. Now, do you have a call to action involved in your story? Is there something for them to do next? If they've listened to everything you've had to say, whether it's 90 seconds or two minutes or three minutes or five minutes, and you've come to the end, you've come to the conclusion of your story, and as things wrap up, the great climax and the crescendo, and then you walk off to go fill your coffee cup or your punch bowl or your glass, and they're looking at each other going, that was a great story. Who was that person? Oh, you didn't win. I mean, you got their attention for the moment, but they're not going to remember you. They need to remember you. If you're going to get attention, you have to keep attention. Not just the first five seconds when you dance into the room like a flying trapeze act and grab everybody's attention for the moment. You're like a cat video, though. What happens at the end? Well, they go on to the next cat video. They're just looking for the next most entertaining story. And you can become the fodder of their own attention. How many times have we seen the, the plot line play out in a movie where the girl's trying to get the guy or the guy's trying to get the girl and they realize how devoted this person is to pursuing them. And so they make a game of it. In fact, there's a movie, I, I believe it's called She's Just Not That Into You. I looked that one up. The whole plot line is about a story of a guy and a girl and 
a feigned love interest just to mock someone else. Oh, trust me, you can tell entertaining and engaging stories and have exactly the same kind of response where people are like, oh my gosh, and they, they give you the googly eyes and they give you all the attention in the world and when you finish your story, they walk away and they mock you. They walk away and they make fun of you because what your story didn't do was lead to a conclusion that causes them to want to engage with you at the next level. They're like, oh, that was fascinating, thank you, and they walk away. No, a story should engage them. It should entertain them. It should draw them in. It should also build credibility, express credentials. Tell them a little something, something about you that makes them say, I like you. I want to do business with somebody like you. You're just the kind of person that I'm looking for. I was listening at a networking meeting last week to a guy. They were just chatting before everything started and talking about the woes of being in the painting industry. And one of them said out loud, I had to fire a guy eventually because he wrapped the light bulbs before painting and failed to unwrap them when they were done with the painting job. And when the customer came home and turned on the light bulb, it overheated, burst into flame and burned their door down. I had to replace the door and the cost out of pocket was almost as high as the profit in the job. Okay. <laughs> that's an interesting story. Not a story I would want to tell about my business in public. And that doesn't build confidence unless the point of your story is we will always make it right. Uh, can you get attention with a story like that? Yes. Is it engaging? Absolutely. Does it cause people to pay attention? Oh yeah. Does it make them want to do business with you? If you tell it right. If you tell it wrong or you stop too soon or you don't come to a call to action or you don't make the point, never tell a story without making a point. Never make a point without telling a story. That's a good golden rule from summer day. But if you're going to tell a story like that, you should put a call to action behind it that says, check out our customer service reviews. I'm not saying we're perfect. I'm just saying we never leave a customer dissatisfied. We will always make it right. We will always make amends. We are not perfect, but we always take care of our mistakes. Okay, I'm willing to do business with somebody like that because most people want to bury their mistakes. Have you tried calling customer service for any company lately? If you get a human, their first five responses are excuses. It's amazing. Oh, we went to a pizza hut not too long ago and walked in and said, uh, I'll have this and I'll have that. And they're like, we're out of those. Okay, well, I'll have this and I'll have that. We're out of those. Okay, what do you have? And the list was like three things. I'm like, why are you open? They're like, well, because that's how we stay in business. You don't stay in business when 90% of your menu is unavailable. That's not good customer service. But that argumentation, that credibility issue of, well, it's not my fault, it's so-and-so's fault. Well, that doesn't do any good for your business either. So if you're focused on customer service, having stories that say, hey, we're not perfect, but we're consistent. We're not perfect, but we'll fix it. We're not perfect, but we're compassionate. That makes a huge difference. And in today's world, that is a customer service difference that everybody would love. Look, the most important commodity in your business, it's not the cost of goods sold is not the things that you buy so that you can sell the products that you have to purchase in order to resell. It's not even your human capital. While that's a very valuable investment in your business, 
The thing most people spend the most amount of money on is trying to get attention. And whether it's the flaggy, wavy guy that hangs up by the street or the flag spinner standing. I saw somebody the other day spinning a sign in front of a, a local business and they had cut the sign up to look like an arrow to such a degree you could no longer read what was on the sign. I was like, oh, I don't know what the point of that was. I mean, you'd be better to stand there and just hold the banner and go up and down with it or turn it sideways from time to time than to cut it like an arrow so you can spin it around but nobody can read what it says. You got attention, but it was useless attention. Or you can spend money on all of those things. You can spend money on social media ads and radio ads and television ads. And all of those are phenomenally good attention getters. They're going to cost you a lot of money for a little attention. But every time you meet someone face to face and you have two minutes, one minute, and you can tell a story that's engaging, that's entertaining, that is followed by a call to action. Yes, we'll talk more about those later that allows them to see what kind of person you are, what kind of business you run, what kind of services you offer. If you can tell that story in one minute, it's better than the best elevator pitch in the world. It's better than the best radio ad or television ad in the world. Why? Because you got to deliver it for free. It doesn't get any better than that. Learn to tell stories. Story power is the most efficient and effective way to gain access to, to acquire the most expensive commodity in business, and that's attention. Do I have your attention yet? I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time, and I really highly recommend it if you're looking to grow your ministry, grow your business, uh, grow your career. Uh, Lauren will serve you well. Thank you. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.